There's a very simple phrase, it exists both in English and in Hebrew, of yachol, or I can, or lo yachol, I can't. And this phrase, as simple as it is, depending on the context, has very different meanings of I can't do something. Sometimes it's a very literal, it's beyond my ability, and sometimes it's more of an emotional or philosophical, I don't want to, and therefore I can't do it. So for example, if my children ask me and say, Daddy, can you help me with my French homework? And the answer is, no, I can't. It's because I actually can't help you. I don't have any of the information necessary to be able to help on that. Whereas if they say, Daddy, can you call the school and tell them that I'm going to leave early today? And I say, no, I can't. That's not an I can't that I can't do it. It's that I'm choosing not to do that. Or if in a, in a negotiation, someone asks, uh, you know, how about if we do it like this? You say, like, I can't do that. I can't go that low. I can, it's just, I, I can't, I won't. And we find this phrase of lo yachol twice regarding the brother's ability to speak to Yosef. Once in this week's parsha, once in next week's parsha, but in very different contexts. Next week, in the great revelation in which Yosef says the magical words, Ani Yosef, the Torah describes what's the brother's reaction to this announcement. So the Torah says, lo yachol they couldn't answer him. 20 years become clear in a flash. All of a sudden, all of the things that have happened, they now understand they're standing in front of Yosef and literally their mouths open up and they can't speak. Physically, they cannot say a word. In this week's parasha, we also find the brother's inability to speak, which the Torah describes the complicated dynamic of their relationship in which their father clearly already played favorites and gave Yosef a special coat, and Yosef was tattletelling on the brothers, and the Torah describes they hated him um, because of that. They could not speak to him in a peaceful manner. How do we understand that? What does it mean they couldn't speak? They couldn't speak in a peaceful manner. They, they physically weren't able to speak. Not at all. So many commentators, starting already with the Targum Unkelis and the Ksavah Kabbalah, the Rav Shimshin Rafal Hirsch, all see in our Parsha when the brothers couldn't speak to him, it wasn't because they didn't have the ability to talk. It was simply, it was a choice. They couldn't, wouldn't speak to him. In Rav Hirsch's language, he says, every interaction they saw in it, they re- or they refused to see in it, a peaceful interaction. They refused to see that as brotherly. They saw it as furthering furthering the animosity that they had. And no matter what he did or said, they always saw it in that way. We often get stuck and we get a certain narrative into our head in a certain dynamic. Somebody did something wrong to us or there's some issue going on. And then no matter what the person does, even if they're trying to make up, they're trying to extend overtures of peace, we just refuse to see it. We don't want to accept it. We just take whatever interaction we had, we put it into the narrative that we're familiar with already, and it continues that way. Dr. John Gottman is a psychologist out of Seattle wrote a wonderful book on marriage, The Seven Principles of Making Marriage Work, and he describes what he calls repair attempts. In every relationship, he's talking marriage, but it's true in every relationship. Something goes wrong, somebody says something offensive, whatever the case may be, and then the person tries to make up for it. It's what he calls a repair attempt. They, they send out, whether it's a humorous comment or a, a clear olive branch, 
And the real question is, how does the one receiving it, what do they do with that overture, with that response, that repair attempt? Somebody who rebuffs it, who rejects it and says, I don't want to talk. I'm not interested in trying to make this better. That's a lo yachlut dabro They could not speak in a peaceful manner. They've already written it off. And that's the end of a dynamic. That's the end of a relationship when something happens. And as our first writes, we have so much to learn from these. The Torah tells us the Torah doesn't hide or shy away from the, the reactions to teach us. That's already a terrible sign when you can't or refuse to hear or make the repairs that are necessary. That terrible phrase, I don't want to talk to them. That's the worst. That's the worst when we get to a point. A very beautiful lesson as we enter into Hanukkah. One of the most uh, delicious questions that the Gemara asks about Hanukkah Hanukkah candles, of course, are supposed to be lit outside. Here in the diaspora, already for hundreds of years, we've started lighting inside for various reasons, but it's supposed to be outside the front door, as they still do in Israel today. That's how it's supposed to be. So the Gemara says, what if a person only has one candle on Friday night? One candle is all that they can afford. And now they have two candles that need to be lit. On the one hand, you have a Hanukkah candle, and the two salient halachas, the aspects of a Hanukkah candle, number one, it's lit outside to spread the miracle, and number two, you can't get any benefit from the light. Ein lanu rishus that's the, the nature of the Hanukkah candle. But the other candle that we light on Friday night is the Shabbos candle, which has the two opposite aspects. It specifically must be inside where you eat, and you must get benefit from it. The whole purpose is Shalom bias, is to bring peace into the home and to benefit from the light. So the Gemara says, I only have one candle. What should I do? Should I light it outside to spread the miracle, but sit in the dark myself? Or should I make it into a Shabbos candle and light it inside, and then I will not be spreading the miracle of Hanukkah to the outside? I will not have anything at my front door. And the Gemara concludes, without question, we light inside first. The first candle that we light is a Shabbos candle because Shalom Bayis trumps everything else. You have to have peace inside before you can start spreading a miracle outside. That's the hierarchy. You have to have that. And peace needs to be made. It needs to be created. You need to take aspects or people who are having a, a complicated, difficult dynamic and put forth the effort in order to bring them together. And before we share the light of Hanukkah, the miracle of Hanukkah, the first thing we work on is making sure there's always peace within our homes, within our communities, within our shuls, within the Jewish people as a whole. After we have peace, then we start spreading the miracle of Hanukkah. And the key to starting that is to avoid a lo yachlu. I can't. You can speak with with peace. You have to want to. You have to be willing to make the effort to change the narrative, to accept a repair attempt. Then you can, of course you can, and we all can, and that's the starting point of being able to be an Osa Shalom, to be able to make peace, to love peace and pursue peace, and then we spread the miracle of Hanukkah to the outside.